celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, welcome, my friend. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to any one of the dream team right now. On the show today, Justin Silver is back. He was on, what, a year ago? He had a television show on CBS? Yeah, it was on CBS. I don't remember the name of it. Hold on. I know I have it right It, it doesn't really much matter. It's gone. It was canceled. Yeah, that's true. But uh, he's back. He has a brand new book showing that uh, he, he fell off the horse and he's getting right back on. Good for him. And he'll be on with us in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Tammy, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? I've got one of the coolest stories of all time about a dog whose family didn't want her, took her to the shelter, she got adopted, she walked 30 miles back to the family that didn't want her, who didn't want her again, and dumped her at the shelter, but this is where the story turns, and this turns out to be the luckiest dog, I think, in the world now. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear that story. Yeah. The guy we're having on for our Hero of the Week tells us... There's a little known but very moving statistic that dog and cat owners only keep their animals for about two and a half years on average. I know people what? like that. Every time I meet them or that, you know, wait, run into that's them. That's the statistic? That yeah. is. Yeah. I've seen people like, oh, what no. happened to your dog? Who is this new dog? And it's just like a couple years later. It's just they well, just oh get my. bored and oh tired of them. And want like a car. Do. Yeah, exactly. Wrong. Or trade in for a younger model of a car. Yeah, they do. Or different, Wrong. different or, model. Or a wife. Trading it in for a younger what? wife. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. but you know what they usually they end up usually doing better after 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 you get rid of them. Um, yes. you know, the pets the pets are the, sometimes a different Not so story. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well we'll talk to this guy. He's our hero of the week. Leo Grillo? I think it's Grillo. Grillo? Sure. We'll butcher it. Uh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. That's on we're, the way we're right known here. For that. On Animal Radio. Hey, if we don't mess up your name, you ain't nobody. That's right. Um, let's see. Let's go to the phones. One eight six six four oh five eight four oh five. Let's see. Let's head to John. Hey, John. How are you doing? Hi. Hi. This is John. Uh, where are you calling from, John? Antelope, California, one town south of Roseville. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's hook you up here with the dock. Is that what you well, need? Hey there. Hi. So, what do you got going on? Well, I got a little puppy, six months old, and she's a miniature poodle, and she's sweet as can be. We're worried about feeding her ice cream. We don't know anything about that sort of thing. Okay, you're, you're worried about it? Is she currently eating ice cream? Yeah, we feed her a dog once in a while. Vanilla. Okay. So you're looking to ask me for permission to give your dog ice cream, <laughs> is that right? Will it hurt her? <laughs> well, it depends. Um, there are certainly dogs that are, have very sensitive stomachs, and veering from their uh, regular diet can upset their system. The interesting thing that people need to recognize is that dogs and cats, a good majority of them, are actually lactose intolerant. Um, so that's something to think about when we start offering them different um, dairy products, that that can cause some dietary upset. And it may not be a life-threatening illness, but, you know, we might talk about excess gas, soft stools, maybe some vomiting. Um, as a child, I can tell you my dog, uh, he definitely dined on uh, cleaning the uh, ice cream bowl, <laughs> a regular occurrence. So, a little bit probably is not going to be a big deal, but in general, there's a lot of fat in ice cream and calories that we really just don't need to do. So I, I'm i not going to give you that clearance to say it's okay to give ice cream. It would just be something I would try to discourage. That, that's interesting. The local young man at a pet store suggested I take and put... Uh, suggested what? Suggested I put some uh, uh, peanut butter in uh, wet 
wet dog food and freeze it and then like give them that. Well, that can be kind of a fun treat, but I would say rather than put it in the food, frozen peanut butter can be very useful when we're uh, trying to get dogs to uh, be occupied, chew on toys. So you can take a little bit of peanut butter, stick it inside a Kong or another kind of chewing toy and keep them occupied. I don't want to just give dogs food. That really, it's it's pretty ungratifying. I mean, yes, they, they like to eat it and it's yummy, but it doesn't really occupy their mind or their chewing instincts. So... I like the frozen peanut butter in a toy. I don't like throwing it in the bowl. That's just, it's not letting a dog be a dog. One last, well, two last questions. I just got told yesterday that it's bad to feed, dangerous to feed dog grapes. Grapes. Yes, that's actually true. Um, Grapes and raisins have the potential to cause kidney failure in dogs. And it's very true. And, and that's another thing where people will say, I've done it before and my dog is perfectly fine. It's something they are looking at. They don't know really what the toxic principle is, but it can happen. So do not feed grapes or raisins to your dogs. Thank you, Debbie. And what about chocolate? Chocolate. Oh, that's another one. Chocolate's a no-no, and um, small amounts aren't likely to be toxic, but you can certainly get a taste. They'll develop a taste for chocolate. And my own dear Labrador had ingested several pounds of chocolate items and had the world's worst chocolate toxicity. He had heart arrhythmias, uh, vomiting. It, it was a really bad state. So it can be toxic in large amounts. So um, I don't like to do it at all. Uh, okay, we don't do that. We just figure it out little scoop of vanilla, a tiny little tablespoonful. Yeah, and there's so many, you know, fun, kind of healthy dog treats out there that can be flavored like chocolate, but they really don't contain chocolate. So if you feel the urge to give something like that, you can always reach to the to the pet store to find something. I, Thank you, Debbie. I remember the, uh, the uh, peanut butter that wasn't really peanut butter. It's dog peanut butter. Dog butter is what they call it. From yeah. dog for dog, which is yes, much better. Formulated and healthier for dogs. Good for them. So you might check that out. We have a list over at the uh, website at animalradio.com of oh, foods okay. you should not feed your dog, which uh, <laughs> includes, of course, grapes and raisins. Thank you for listening, John. I appreciate your call today. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to connect with our dream team here at Animal Radio. I had our next caller lined up, but she refused to go on air. She was going to come on, Debbie. This was going to be Julie. She was going to come on and say that she bathed her dog and she took her to the groomer, but he still stinks. And uh-huh. she, she didn't know why. Well, now she says she found out he rolled and something had something all over him and she picked it all off and he doesn't smell anymore. Oh, well, that's good. She didn't want to come on the she air. She didn't want to come on air because she felt, you know, embarrassed because she didn't realize yeah. that her dog had rolled hey. on something. You know what, there are sometimes the mystery smells that come walking in the veterinary office, so I don't think, Julie, you should feel bad at all. I've had dogs come in that people are battling, bathing their dogs with medicated shampoos, can't find the stink, and, you know, it might turn out to be something like a stinky old collar that's just the dog's been jumping in the pool yes i was a savior i I saved these people they were just ready to spend money and i said you know what let me take the collar off and i took it off i was like oh boy you got a really stinky collar you gotta get a new one and uh you know forty dollars later you know (laughs) they got the answer (laughs) you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 
Radio is underwritten by Natural Balance Pet Foods, the finest food and treats you can buy for your pet. No matter which formula of Natural Balance Pet Food or solution-oriented treat you choose, it will truly be the food for a lifetime and a treat to treat them right. Visit naturalbalanceinc.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Jimmy Van Patten, and I'm here to talk to you about our solution-oriented treats for cats and dogs. Natural Balance Pet Foods offers several nutritious treat formulas with tasty solutions for pets. Our treats feature unique ingredients like venison, duck, and salmon, accented with cranberries and pumpkin, and offer grain-free options. At Natural Balance, our philosophy is to provide pets and their owners the food for a lifetime. Natural Balance treats truly treat them right. For more information, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. Hi, I'm Junior, Director of Marketing for Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world. Sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. Geico presents Strange Savings Stories. Ken Marcus was making a pastrami sandwich when he noticed an odd pattern on a slice of pumpernickel bread, one that spelled out Geico. Ken found himself visiting Geico.com, saving hundreds of dollars on car insurance with great discounts. Later, Ken felt conflicted whether or not he should eat the slice of bread that saved him so much money. But he was so hungry. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Gold Bond presents Shaquille O'Neal. So I'm hanging out with my Gold Bond buddies, and they're like, Shaq, Shaq, great job with the Gold Bond powder spray. People love it. So I'm soaking in the good vibes, kicking off my shoes. Next thing I know, they're coming out with a new foot powder spray. Boom. Shaq strikes again. Gold Bond No Mess Powder Spray cools and refreshes your body. And new Gold Bond Foot Powder Spray has two times the odor-absorbing powders to do the same for your feet. Stay cool with Gold Bond. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. And I'm begging you, spay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll I'll roll over and play dead if you want. I'll follow you anywhere you want to go. Great intro, taking care of business. Originally done by Bachman Turner Overdrive, they owned lots of cats, lots of dogs. In fact, they may have been considered hoarders in some circles. But of course, they were able to take care of their animals. No, I don't know if that's a fact. I'm making it all up right there. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> hey, it's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. I wanted to tell you that if you have one of these dogs, the Yorkshire Terriers, the Shih Tzus, the Pugs, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books. How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And when I say books, I mean Kindle books. They're over at Amazon, and we have links uh, right from AnimalRadio.com. Hopefully we'll see more breeds coming out soon. Are you even working on other breeds? Yeah, there's, there's, it's not necessarily other breeds. It's just uh, pet topics. Pet topics. So. Oh. Yes. So you're going to have a more generic one on the way, huh? That's my goal. Yeah, that would be my uh, my plan. It's just there's so many different directions to go with. So. You're so talented. Let's take some calls for you right now. In fact, let's go to, uh, is it Lanny? Yes, it does. Hi, Lanny. Where are you calling from today? 
I'm in uh, Central California, San Luis Obispo. Oh, probably listening on KVEC in San Luis, your hometown station. How can we help you today? Well, I have a problem with my other cat. We, I say we because I'm grieving too. We lost our little buddy kitty cat about a month ago. And uh, they were very close, and we, I was very close to her. And she, I, I think, I can cats grieve so long? It's been a, about a month, and she just won't. She hardly eats, and I still am. I mean, I really miss her, and I think, she, and I think Hope does too. And I don't mm-hmm. know what to do, how to, how to, you know, get her over this and have her eat and. And, um, She's not eating. So, and and how old was your kitty that you lost? She was almost sixteen, and wow, we had her wow. for fifteen years. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so Both sorry for your loss. That's that's and, hard. And, and you just have the one other kitty. Yes, that was her half. She's her half sister, and she's and um, well, she's and she was how old? Mm-hmm. Oh, so she's about 15 then. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, in, in answer to your question, absolutely dogs and cats definitely can go through a grieving process. And it re- there really is no set time. I've had patients that maybe just a few weeks, um, on the longer side, a month and a half, I had a, a dog that was grieving the loss of its um, housemate. So, I mean, the, the typical signs that we can see um, are going to be kind of moping around, um, changes in appetite or, you know, stopping eating altogether, um, not wanting to play, uh, kind of staring off in space, um, and then even some will just vocalize and just kind of wander about. So any of those things she has all the above that you mentioned. She does. Okay. The only other concern I have is um, in in a cat, especially of 15 years of age, those signs can also be significant with other health conditions. And just like you know, families, uh, when there's a you know an older couple and a, a spouse passes away, and the other spouse passes very soon afterwards, in some cases, when we have one pet pass in the home. It's not that the other pet necessarily develops a disease all of a sudden, but they may decompensate. So if we have borderline kidney problems or maybe, say, diabetes on the on the forefront, those things might come to the surface when we have stress, change in household routines. So I would, first and foremost, encourage you to get your kitty to a veterinarian for a full health exam. Make sure there's nothing going on that um, the veterinarian feels needs to be dealt with. That might mean doing a little bit of lab work to kind of check things out. But for me, cats, when they stop eating, it is a big red flag. Just eating a little less than normal or not eating as much isn't so concerning. But cats can develop a very serious liver problem called hepatic lipidosis. And this can occur within really just as short as three days of not eating anything. So it is very important that when we have a cat that doesn't eat for that time period, you go see the vet no matter what um, because we have to get nutrition in or we can develop this kind of liver problem just as a consequence of not eating no matter even if we were healthy beforehand. Well, so she, um, she does a tiny, I mean, she eats a little bit. She hasn't stopped eating completely, but she does, you know, I bought her some baby food and she will look at that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so canned foods and sometimes, you know, tuna juice, I'll pull that out. So I'm going to assume your your kitty is healthy. But again, please make sure you do have her, have her evaluated by a vet. So, but some other things that you might just look at is that, um, you know, it, you admit it and, and you're mourning yourself. So part of what you need to do is you need to be the strong individual in the home and make sure you have a set schedule for her. Stay with those household routines and then whatever things she particularly enjoys, whether it's um, catnip, uh, food, uh, petting and grooming, give her that time and schedule time to do those behaviors and um, make sure you, you try to focus on those positives. When we have a dog or a cat that's sad, mourning, acting fearful. We don't want to reward that, but we still, in your situation, you still want to provide her those things that she enjoys. Um, so as long as it doesn't, um, you're not rewarding that um, kind of sad or depressive behavior, then, then those things, I want you to do those. Um, if we had to pull out some, you know, different therapies, I, I have had some mourning pets that we'd have to do fluid therapy for a day or two, or even appetite stimulants. So hopefully we don't have to go into that, but um, you know I think a lot of the environmental support, and uh, you know I always like to throw in things like pheromones, which can be a, um, a good natural solution when we have an anxious or nervous pet or something emotionally going on, and those are available in sprays or diffusers. You go about the house and just can kind of help their mood and help them feel a little bit more settled. Now, where would you get that, or how would I know what kind of pheromones she? Well, it's um, it's a kitty pheromone, and it's pretty much one type of standard one that's used. You can get that at either veterinary offices or pet stores, um, and they really kind of look like those air freshener plugins that you can get, um, or a little pump spray are the most common forms. There's also little wipes um, that we'll use, um, almost like a, a baby wipe that you can wipe on the cat, and uh, that's another form for that as well. But a lot of it is really, Lainey, it's just, you know, being there, being supportive, and, um, you know, finding those things that give your your existing kitty um, enjoyment and pleasure, and um, it takes time. Yeah, for me, too, I still miss my little angel. She was, I, I've never had a cat like her, and she's just, uh, I really miss her, too. Really miss her. Well, our hearts go out to you here and hope you and your other kitty can find some peace and move forward. And remember Angel with um, fondness for all those years you had her. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, and I'll try those things that you mentioned. Thanks, well, best wishes with you. It's uh, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Now, I know you mentioned this. I'm just going to mention it one more time. Our animals, especially our dogs, are so sensitive to our feelings. They're looking for Judy. Ladybug is uh, like a, a you're a specimen to her. She's looking at every angle of you and every which whatever you do. She watches me like crazy. So if you're in a bad mood, she's in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. The Who, bird is the same way. Yeah. My bird is exactly, exactly yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. It's it's your, the body language, it's your tone of voice, and you can, just talking to her, you can hear her pain. Yep. So mm. I, I'm certain her cat is picking up on that, and it, it it's hard to fake it, but sure. sometimes, you know, you have to, just like for if you have children, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's finding that positive memory and, and using that to take care of that existing kitty. Yeah, it's not that we're saying don't grieve, we're just right. saying in front of the animal, maybe mm-hmm. put on a little facade. 
Yes. Put on a happy face. Yes. There you go. Oh, what? the rest of the words to the song. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to hear it. <laughs> So, so you know, um, Dr. Darius. Um, you know, he's filled in for me on the radio show. He's, yeah, the new guy he's there been at the out, clinic. Yeah, yeah, so he's been out of town for a little bit, and he's left his uh, few of his parrots here parrots. at the office. So, yeah, personal parrots. Parrots. He's got oodles of them, but yeah, some of them have a couple <laughs> medical problems, so they were just under our watchful eye. And um, so I've, I've teamed up, and I've got the staff trying to teach him, <laughs> teach the bird bad words. He, he already cusses, so we can't teach him that. But I want to teach him things like. Dr. Stark's appointment in room two. <laughs> oh, something to really fool him. Oh, that's that's genius there. So he'll be like just you know frustrated at home when he thinks like someone's calling him to an exam room. Well, now how long do you have to train? A week? You have a, to train? Yeah, we've person? got like four days, but he's very bright. So I'm hoping that he's going to pick up on things and. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we've been teaching him all sorts of things. Uh, you know, Dr. Stark's phone call. Well, let, let us know how that goes. Of course, we know parrots and, and also, is it cockatoos that speak to? They have, oh, uh, sure. they've broken up marriages. They've uh, tipped off mm-hmm. burglars. They've, uh, all, as soon as they open their mouths, you know, yeah. you never know what they're going to say. Well, let so. that be a tip to you. Never board your bird at the at, vet. At the vet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had some go home saying, um, kennel. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the phone ringing, and of course, you know the different uh, hospital sounds they'll go home making, or making the sounds of the what the, the dog barking or the the cat. What was the one bird that we saw that was uh, messing with the dog? A like lot of birds. Meows. Yeah, they go here. Well, they go here, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Call, yeah, yeah, here, yeah. kitty, kitty. And, yeah. That's funny. Oh well, let us know how that goes, will you? All right, sure will. Check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terrier, Shih Tzu's Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They're awesome little reads, and they're electronic reads, too. You can read them on your Kindle or your uh, iPad with the Kindle application. It's over at Amazon, and we'll link to it from AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition in excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-789. The results described should not be considered as guarantees of your actual earnings or profits. Results not typical. Check terms and conditions for income disclosures. How would you like to work from home, be your own boss, and make great money working online on your own time? These people saw the opportunity and took it. Working online changed my life. I was able to get out of my high-pressure corporate job. It all started with HomeIncomeOnline.com. I love that I'm able to spend more time with my kids while making over $10,000 per month. Go to HomeIncomeOnline.com today and enter special code 4242 to learn about a multi-billion dollar industry that's just waiting for you to tap into its incredible earning potential. Full and part-time opportunities are currently available. I just graduated college, and I'm making more money than I ever imagined. Are you ready to start making real money working online from home? Just go to HomeIncomeOnline.com now and enter special code 4242 to get your risk-free information kit. That's www.HomeIncomeOnline.com, special code 4242. 
No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams, here to get craft beer drinkers' reaction as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. Think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! Like, <laughs> I was going to say Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this tested is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass, it was Boston this is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. And I'm Tammy Trujillo. We start out with a story that's really important to veterinarians who provide mobile services or make house calls. President Obama has signed the Veterinary Medicine Mobility Act. It allows them to transport controlled substances outside their registered locations. That bill was sponsored by the only two veterinarians in Congress, Representative Kurt Schrader of Oregon and Representative Ted Yoho of Florida. It makes sure that vets will be able to provide mobile spay-neuter services, on-site care on rural ranches, at-home euthanasia, and disaster response without worrying about breaking any laws. Well, you know, there's an app for that, Help in Finding Your Lost Dog. There's been a couple of those out recently. But a new one being tested out in San Diego has taken the whole idea a whole step further. It's using facial recognition software. It's called FindingRover.com, and it matches eight distinctive facial markers on dogs with images uploaded by people searching for lost pets. Eyes and noses, they're the important areas to help tell a dog apart, especially the eye size and how the eyes are positioned near the snout. Every dog that comes into any of San Diego's three shelters is entered into the database, and using it is free for anybody who's lost their dog. The technology powering Finding Rover was built by Stephen Callahan and John Schreiner of the University of Utah's Software Development Center, and they do plan to expand the service area outside San Diego, and boy, this thing is working. Now, this is one of the coolest stories we've had in a long time. It's a heartbreaker, but wait for the ending, okay? You might have heard about a dog known as Lady. She's a senior black lab retriever who had trouble walking, but she went on a 30-mile trek back to the family that had dumped her at the shelter when she couldn't adjust to a new puppy in the family. She was adopted, but she left that family to find her old one. Yeah, they took her right back to the shelter. Okay, the story made the papers. It caught the eye of Wrigley Chewing Gum heiress Helen Rich. She was vacationing in Hawaii at the time. She jumped on the chance to help Lady out. She Get this, she sent one of her assistants on a private jet to get Lady and take her to her huge farm and mansion in Florida that's already loaded with rescued and retired animals. And i got to say, way to go, Helen Rich. Imagine that making all the way home, and then um, they, they send you back to the shelter. That's just cruel. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, that is. I mean, I guess I can't judge. I don't know what their circumstances are. I mean, but I, I know I wouldn't leave my pets behind, no but, matter what. Come on, so, Joey. They got, a, they got a new puppy, Joey. They got a new puppy. Yeah. You know, this, this old, oh, she's a beautiful old senior, black lab, got gray in her muzzle. She's just gorgeous, and she just couldn't adjust to all the apparent excitement of having a puppy in the house, and they said, well, no, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, that's wow. unbelievable. You know what they should do? They should take the puppy away from the family, too, at that point, and say, you know what, well, you're unfit to be a pet owner. Too bad. Tag them, put a sign on the dog <laughs> door like quarantine, um, only it says no puppies allowed. I'm with you, because what's going to happen in 12 years from now? 
Well, yeah. exactly the same thing, you know. But you know what? I I, I got to tell him because I I might be able to capitalize on this. Just so you people know, I can you know put um. Oh my God, I I can't even think about what I'm what I'm saying here. I I could put dye on the muzzle and dye it all black, and you know keep the dog looking young, and you know make 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 a little cash on the side, and, and the dog can stay in the house. <laughs> well, you're always thinking, aren't you? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Hey, this dog though got really lucky. I mean, she's gonna live the life of leisure now on this ranch. In the Wrigley Ranch, huh? Yeah, down in Florida. Florida. Helen Rich, I didn't know anything about her, but she is nuts for animals. She has got rescued and retired farm animals and domestic animals. I mean, this place is just running with with animals, and, and she just opens up her home. Hmm. That could be our hero of the week uh, moving up, guys, if you, you, know, you really think about it. Get her on. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster & Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. At Stella and Chewies, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewies product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish sourced from USDA inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewies dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewies.com. A baby, so we gotta find a house. Using Realtor.com put the process in my hands. Realtor.com is the most accurate home search site. Accuracy matters. The Realtor shows me things I wouldn't normally find on my own. We worked with a Realtor who he knew the area. A Realtor made sure that we were the first ones in the door when a new house came onto the market. There's no way I could have gotten through this process without him. Realtor.com and Realtors. Together, we make home happen. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I. Well, I'm just saying, if you have a hero of the week, make sure you, you pronounce his name right. And I told you yes. it was Grillo. I said that from the very beginning. I stand corrected. Uh, we welcome to the show Leo Grillo. How are you doing, Leo? <laughs> I just heard that. I'm Italian. <laughs> well, yeah, we were we were trying to figure out, is it Grillo? Does it have the, you know, in, in Southern California here, if you put yeah, two yeah. L's together, they're silent. When I first came out here, I said, oh, my name is Leo Grillo. No, Leo Grillo. And when I spell it, they say, Leo Carrillo, Leo Carrillo. I know your name. I know you guys. Well, yeah, they named the beach after me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're in L.A., and you were actually, you were doing, you were an actor, weren't you, for a long well, time? I, yeah, I, I came out here in 77, and then um, the career was just starting, and I found some dogs in the woods, you know, a few dozen. And, just uh, a few. A few dozen yeah. in one place? 
in one place. Okay, you know, three, three dozen in one in one place, and uh, it, it was a year of feeding them. And I remember the agent one day it was pouring rain; it was cold. I had sick dogs. She said, "You're going to have to choose because you keep missing auditions. You're going to have to choose your dogs or your career." And I said, "Well." Uh, right now, I have to be with them, and I figured, you know, what's a year? <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. So, tell me about these dogs that you found out in the wild, and were they like domestic dogs? Well, it's dogs and cats. What it is is okay. people people abandon their unwanted pets all kinds of ways, and one of the ways is to dump them out in picnics, picnic areas, or campgrounds, and then uh, from those, you also have dogs and cats who are born in the wild. They're not feral, but they're born in the wild. And the beautiful cats and dogs. I have, I have oh, this is kitten season, and you know there, there are millions and millions of kittens born right under people's noses. They don't even know it, you know, because uh, they're having kittens like twice a year. And you know, I have four little tiny, tiny, you know, ten-day-old orphan kittens in an incubator that we we hand raise you know for for uh, uh, another two or three weeks before they start eating on their own you know you're tube feeding them you're bottle feeding them and the the, the joy the sadness is that this is going on everywhere and a lot of them are just never going to make it but the joy is is seeing who these little surprise packages are going to turn into mm-hmm. <laughs> and in a few weeks i mean these are beautiful i mean they're, they're, I, I have some now i lay down on the bed and the cats jump all over these are ones we just hand raised and you have an armpit cat you have a stomach cat you have a you know they, they lay in different parts of you. you have the neck cat the one that gets in your pocket these are beautiful animals animals they grow up to be the most loving you know cats and they all have souls they're all looking into you and reading your thoughts and your feelings and anyway that's what i do i mean there are other people doing it i imagine also. oh well there's lots of people in fact tammy right here does it not to the extent that you do it uh, you have over 1500 dogs and cats and 115 acres wow. which makes up the delta rescue this is sanctuary this is not shelter this is sanctuary so these are animals that come in they've already been one way or another they've they, they've been dealt a bad card and i'm not going to take a chance on them ever going out and, and getting you know having it happen again or having them killed uh people only keep their pets two and a half years in america where, where did you get that fact we were stunned by that we we spent uh when we had uh, some discretionary funds about 20 years ago when the direct mail was good um we spent uh, about twenty thousand dollars in uh a little over that uh, in uh, research you know, hired a research company. There are things I wanted to know about animals so that I could figure this thing out. And the most striking fact was that people in America keep their pets only two and a half years. Now, this was before the recession. When the bubble burst, it got worse. So that that in itself. Now, if you're going to the pound, in most uh, just about every rescue, other than taking, you know, uh, substituting themselves for a pound and taking people's pets, just about every rescuer that I know goes to the pound and gets animals on death row. Well, yeah, you're going to give them two and a half extra years. That's fantastic. You know, ours, I've just been through uh, a, a lot of time and, and emotion and effort to get them, to save them, to bring them in. I'm not going to just limit their lives to two and a half years, so we created a sanctuary. So they, each animal will live their life out there. Are any of them adopted? Are they unadoptable no. animals? No, no. They, they. What it is is years ago I wrote a book on adoptions. There wasn't any. I made a movie on adoptions, and then... I knew all kinds of stuff about adoptions, and then I found out it wasn't working. It wasn't people. Well, you can't people. save all the animals in the world. You got to, you know, there no. are people that'll hold on to their animals a little longer than two and a half years. I hope I would. I know why. Well, no, well, you keep the average up. There are people that hold on over two months. Yeah, but you can't you save know? every animal. No, no, no. That's why we're, you know, my, I, what I do. Look, I, I'm giving you an example of sure. a, a really someone pushing the envelope. I'm, I'm on that outside edge of the scale. Yes. 
and I'm saying, look, I have fifteen hundred. That's one thousand five hundred. That doesn't mean anything to you until you come out and see it. Oh, go, I know. Oh. It's a it's a lot of animals. Uh, 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 unbelievable. That's just a number. But wait till you see it. And you go, yeah. But look what one obsessed whatever kind of guy did. Look what he did. You can take care of these three. You can take care of the five. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take the extra three kittens. You you can do this. You because know, some nut is out there with one thousand five hundred of them. He set the bar. You definitely can take the you know the one. <laughs> when you first started, you had a little adversity. I believe it was the city of Glendale, or was it? It was the Humane oh, Society oh, yeah. of Glendale. Oh, I yeah, they have a two dog limit in Glendale. I'm, how did you find that? That was nineteen seventy. No, nineteen eighty three. I think yeah. They, uh, I, I was in Glendale and I had, I brought the dogs home, uh, the ones that I couldn't, I rented kennel space, the ones I couldn't put in the kennel, the young ones, the puppies, the ones that had the brand new disease called Parvo, you know, the ones that I treated. Uh, and anyway, I had 29, uh, but, the, you know, Glendale looked over the fence one day and they saw 29 and so we started a big long battle. Um, it wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, the, the city attorney said, look, I really hate to prosecute you. I'm going to look like crap if I do. But can you please get out of Glendale? I said, help me get out of Glendale. You know, find me again. So one day I got a call from Glendale from the head of animal control, who at the time was a good friend, and somebody else. And they said, look, a, a kennel opened up in El Monte. It's a disaster. It's condemned. But it's a kennel. And so I went down there and said, oh, okay. So we managed to get some sponsors and buy it, and that was the first shelter. That was the shelter we adopted from there. Well, that's why you're our hero of the week, because you uh, you were asked that question, do you want to be an actor or do you want to save the animals? And you chose the animals, and you are doing a fine job. I encourage people to check out DeltaRescue.org. DeltaRescue.org. Leo Grillo, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Doing good work. If you want to nominate someone for the Hero of the Week, get in touch with Judy, your voice at AnimalRadio.com. That's your voice at AnimalRadio.com. You know somebody in the neighborhood who's doing good work, going above and beyond the call of duty. It doesn't have to be for 1,500 animals. It could be for one or two animals. If, you, if they're just reaching out, going above and beyond the duty to help one animal, that's enough. We want to hear about Let that person. Know. Yes. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. We are just speaking to Leo Grillo. He is the founder and top dog of the Delta Rescue, 35-year-old agency, and he gave up his acting career to really save a lot of animals, and he's doing it himself. He doesn't like have a huge staff or anything yeah. like that. He has 1,500 animals currently about 900 of them are dogs. Can you realize the undertaking that that actually is what he's doing? It's I mean, amazing. That's, 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 that's it really is, especially because these pets are actually living their lives um, out at mm-hmm. this at this place. And um, it's interesting that he doesn't adopt any animals out. You know, well, that's kind of weird. He's seen what happened. They end up you know, like this one dog. You know, someone else got a new puppy and got rid of their old dog. He feels he's that these animals have safe. been through enough, and he doesn't want them to have to go through it again in their life. Yeah, but if they Keep could get that. That one-on-one relationship with a brand new owner, 
and yes, be but, doted after instead of being one of 1,500 animals. But, but there's so be, many more that need homes, yes, so the take odds, those off the market. That's exactly. Odds are against these dogs. Why? God, uh, they, he, he said they were adoptable. I know, but he said, like he said, people don't keep their animals that, that long. Unless you tell these people, listen, you know, for whatever reason, this doesn't work out. Make sure this pet comes back here, okay? That's, most you know, of, most that, groups that, that's, do that. You know, they, but, they, but how do you... Yeah, how they, do you know that people are going to do it? You know, and there you see so many groups saying, "God, I found this dog back in the shelter." When I told the people, mm-hmm. if it didn't work out, bring it back to me. They don't do it. They're I guess they're ashamed. They're embarrassed. They're ashamed. Yes, and they yeah. don't want to be admit that they're a failure, so they just drop it to a different shelter. That almost is like a wealthy hoarder to me. Uh, that's exactly what I just said. That's what Tal said. That's exactly uh-huh. what I said. And I didn't understand why. They're not adopted. Because he thinks that with an average of two and a half years, as a, that's the statistic, and I think that might be wrong or skewed, a statistic that owners only keep their animals two and a half years, that adopting them out would not be a solution because they would be homeless again in two and a half years. And I really no. don't subscribe to that. No, no. And I think that's it's unfair to an animal to make them be living on a ranch when they can have a yep. more meaningful existence. Yep. So. Good. Well, whatever his mission for fifteen hundred animals. Good for him. Is is a lot. When yes. you think of best friends, they had they had less than that. Yeah. Got the bill for that every month. Oh my oh, gosh! It's a incredible job. It's a full time yeah. job. That's yeah. your life. You're taking care of. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's your life. There's what do you mean? Nothing. Four animals are a full time job. <laughs> no kidding. But at least they're safe. That I mean, yeah. that's really what it's come to nowadays to keep them safe because people aren't taking care of them. They're not. I heard the stats. They're not keeping them long enough. The shelters are jammed the shelters doing what they can but you know what happens to a lot of the animals so you know what are you going to do well it was it was funny that that this that the stat that he said that people keep them for approximately two years was actually before the recession that, that's staggering because i it's something oh, it i guess i can't understand in I, my I world check though, on that stat. We, don't, we don't get rid of, rid of pets i've but known a lot of people like that i know you've known a lot of people like that but check on that stat that may be a small percentage because i don't know people like that but we had that whole rash of what was being called fur closures. Yes. Where these homes are being clo- foreclosed on and people would pack up their stuff and just leave the animal in the empty house to fend for itself. Yep. Just because it's happening doesn't mean it's predominant. And you know what? Right. I salute the guy. He's our hero of the week. But I, I have fundamentally different philosophies about what he's doing. And I think when you try to save every animal and you don't try to find a, a home for the adoptable animals, then that's hoarding. Am I wrong? Hoarding no, I, I, hoarding. I, I kind of agree with you a little bit, Al. It, it is a little bit strange. And then again, I don't know the circumstances. The animals may live a wonderful life there. Sure. But I agree with Hal. If you do have a family that can adopt out these pets, that is actually showing that they're going to be responsible and good pet owners, I mean, give the pet the opportunity to actually have a family. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Oh, hi. How are you? Hey, I'm doing quite well. Hello? Quite the uh, gynecological day around here. Mike. Really? What's what's going on? 
Well, yeah, we may have talked about this before about um, vaginal surgery or pieoplasty, kind of having plastic surgery for your female dog's um, girl parts. Yeah. What, what, what was the purpose of that, really? Well, it, it's not something aesthetic to make them look better or more attractive to the males sure. out there. It's a health thing. <laughs> it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for female dogs, I have um, a prone to vaginal infections and bladder infections or even bladder stones. Um, kind of doing a tuck back there can really be life-saving and um, it can improve infections in some females almost well, 80% mean, of the time. A vaginal tuck on a dog can, can mm-hmm. help with stones? Yeah, so for female dogs, uh, what can happen is they get like some females, especially if they're spayed really young, and this is maybe one argument why we don't always spay every female young, their, their vaginal area just doesn't develop well and there's more skin that kind of folds over top of it and it creates a kind of a pocket if you will where they're prone to infection so yeah we basically cut a little crescent of skin and move the edge of the vaginal area up so it kind of lifts things so we kind of create a uh, get rid of that moist corner that this kind of all hides better drainage i have a question teacher i have a question teacher my hands up (laughs) i have a question okay go ahead Al. is this something they teach you in vet school or is a lot of what you do sort of kind of Making it up as you go along from what you know. I, hell, I don't make it. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I, with, with humans, you have these certain things and you, there's certain treatments, but right, I, I'm right. not sure. Is this, a, is this something you were taught in school? It, just it, it is It is an actual standard procedure. Okay. You know, I can't say I learned it in school, but um, it is definitely a kind of a procedure that most vets know about, know when to use it. The interesting thing is I just keep seeing tons of dogs with vaginal problems, and it, it really seems like a lot of folks don't know that, um, you know, you got to look at the girl stuff back there and make yeah. sure you keep them trimmed, and hygiene is so important back there. Yeah, okay. Well, good to know that. <laughs> So well, my doggy gynecology yeah. practice continues. You know what? How it's it's funny you should say that because I was wondering the same thing. Well, you know, I mean, because well, because there's so many. There has to be so many um, health issues, and you wonder. I mean, I know you spend a long time in veterinary school, but then then you have to say, well, how many have you not come across that that all of a sudden they say, okay, this is something new. This is a, well, and the, the other reason is you mentioned the turtle where you had to uh, kind of ad lib and put a wheels onto a turtle. Onto a shell. And that's something I can't imagine you learned in school. What I'm thinking is there's a difference between a cook and a chef. A cook is somebody (laughs) who you tell them to make eggs, they can go make eggs. A chef is somebody who understands the knowledge of what different flavors go together, and they ad-lib in the kitchen, and they make something that tastes good. So you understand what I'm saying? Are you a chef or a cook? I'm definitely a chef. I'm not a good cook. <laughs> but here's another example. Last week we had a baby chick with a bad leg, so I had to MacGyver a cast using a paperclip as exactly. a splint. Exactly. <laughs> so That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Rewind though a second. What about wheels on a turtle? I, just, I don't. I don't remember talking about this. That was when we had a, a, a tortoise that had its leg injured, and we had to amputate it. And then you know, with only three legs, they kind of go and they hit the ground. So we have to. Provide that wheel as support, and just to let them kind of move around. I wonder how many kids in the house thought that was that you know that 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 toy you know car that you that you <laughs> roll backwards to get some you know put it on the Hot Wheels track. Hey, we did use Hot Wheels at one time. Yes, you did. <laughs> we did. Hi, Terry. How are you? Good. How you doing? Very good. Where are you? I'm driving through Nashville. Nashville. Well, say hi. <laughs> hi. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Should probably be a howdy. I'm from from Dallas, though. (laughs) How how can we help you out today? Well, I've got a 
male cat I got at the shelter about six years ago, and uh, he's been in the house the whole time. He doesn't go outside, and I was thinking about getting another kitten, and mm-hmm. wasn't sure how that would go. Okay, never really has he been, been by himself to... all? Has he been a soul, yeah. soul cat all this time? Yes. So you're thinking of getting another kitten or a cat or one or more yeah. than? Just a, just another kitten. I was so I was they go to the shelter to get another one, but mm-hmm. I w- wasn't sure how how he would react or what would be the best way to go about doing that. Okay. Um, well, the the biggest thing that I'd say is we're going to go young. Uh, the best way to acclimate a new cat into the home is really to get um, a younger one, one that um, we can kind of ask them to take your other kitty as um, big brother um, so that he'll fit into the, the kitty household. So um, I'd say look for maybe a kitten or just a, a young um, adult cat, and um, that would be your best bet. Um, for male cats, I have had two male cats my own. Um, uh, many people believe that to get a male and a female that you'll get a better combination, a little happier household. But I think a lot of it goes down to the individual personality of the cat. Um, and uh, depending on what your kitty's personality is like now, um, sometimes finding a, a friend to frolic with um, just brings out all that uh, energy and they can really thrive and really enjoy having a good companion. So I'd go young cat or kitten and perhaps maybe look at a female if uh, if you're looking forward to get a, a boy-girl situation there. Well, I've always liked male cats better for some reason. They always seem to be, I don't know, easygoing. He's just a, he's just a big old baby. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I, I went to the shelter about every day for a couple of weeks looking for kittens. And I, I think I'd much rather have a kitten and a well, male kitten. I'd consider a female, you know. Yeah, and I've had I've had two male cats, and so I'm I'm kind of with you. Um, you know, I just I love the dynamics. They were such good boys, and I, I've really enjoyed that. But yeah, I'd say you know look for the younger one and uh, introduce slowly. Um, we don't want to kind of overwhelm either cat, so you know start the young one off gradually. And um, I would make sure that you know your your cat stays top cat, and you respect that. So when you introduce the new one, um, you know we're going to restrict her environment or his his or her environment. Environment and kind of gradually work up that introduction so that hopefully we won't ruffle any fur for your current right. kitty friend. <laughs> so, yeah, so great. make it a, ni- a nice, slow, gradual kitty transition. And, and thank you for considering adoption. So many people can save a life by adopting a cat, young, old, whatever. So, yes, I encourage you, Terry. Let's get your kitty a friend. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, one 405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your Dream Team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, welcome, my friend. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone or Android, and uh, that is brought to us by Dr. Fosters and Smith. So toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. We'll go to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Big show today. We're going to have this guy on who, uh, I guess he's top dog over at Celestis Pets. What is that? Well, they shoot 
animal remains, or let us say remains as well as satellites and all kinds of things up into space. They have a brand new business where they're going to send your pet's cremains up into space. Hmm. And I believe it could either orbit or mm-hmm. come back uh, in a fireball or come back as a as the ashes that were in space. Or I believe they have one wow. trip where they actually send your pet's remains to the moon. I know. <laughs> so, so they the can fire- house the, the fireball one sounds cool to me because that's like, you know, the Viking um, um, burial where, where, they, where they, you know, mm-hmm. sent the raft out to sea and burned it. So I like the fireball one. But just sending it out in space, uh, not your know. thing. Well, wait till he comes on. He may change your mind. He has this one where it will circle the Earth. It could circle the Earth for like a year. Can you imagine after wow. your your animals pass for a year to be able to look up and know that he or she is circling the Earth? That's kind of cool. That's but awesome. We'll find out more about it. Certainly, out of my uh, budget, I can't afford that. I think it starts around about a thousand dollars and mm-hmm. goes upwards to uh, one. It was close to thirteen thousand yeah. dollars. So we'll find out more about that. Uh, in just a couple of minutes right here. I like to hear how the rich and famous live with their pets. <laughs> also, oh, Justin Silver. Is his show still on? The CBS show? Dr. Debbie, you mentioned something about it. Yeah. 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 In reruns. Yeah. In reruns. Uh, what was that show? Dogs, Dogs in the, the city. city. Dogs in the City. Like sex okay. in the City, but Dogs in the City. Uh, <laughs> he'll be back on the show today and uh, telling us a little bit about his brand new book. But uh, first, let's go to the phones. Hi, Brenda. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Where, um, yes, go ahead. I was going to ask you where you are today. Well, Acton, Virginia. Okay. Uh, yeah, Central Virginia, not far from Charlottesville. I know and the I area. Have a question. I have a question about a turkey. Okay, a turkey. Oh, that must be for me then, I am assuming, not for the other turkey over here, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it's kind of a bizarre story, but, but basically what happened is it fell off of a turkey truck going to slaughter. And okay. it was laying in the middle of an interstate, and I rescued it, to make a long story short. I, I got it, struggled it, and got it into the back of my car, took it home, have it in a dog pen. And um, I know nothing about turkeys, nothing okay. whatsoever. And it's been a couple of days, and I'm having a hard time getting him to eat or drink. I've tried the, the wild turkey feed. I've tried the cracked corn, and, and he is uh, drinking a little bit of water but he's up and walking around and seems to be doing fine okay well that is a crazy story he fell off of a turkey <laughs> truck <laughs> yes yes oh my gosh he hopefully yeah, he wasn't around like oh well, that's cute was he around like the purdue farms or anything like that <laughs> well they have they have a lot of turkey farms uh, around us and they mass produce them and i don't know if it's the fact that he was too fed because he's huge I don't know if mm-hmm. it's tube type of feeding like they do sometimes, the force feeding, or because he doesn't seem to know how to eat. Huh. Oh. No, and he, he's fully feathered. He's how, about, how much does this guy weigh? Oh, this guy weighs probably 50 pounds. Seriously. Okay, so he's a big fella. Okay, yeah. well, you know, as far as the the sad thing about the turkey industry is, like, if we cross over to the pets, is that <laughs> these guys in captivity aren't really, like, the domestically bred turkeys, they're really not here for the long term. So yeah. <laughs> they actually tend to be bred for really big body size, and yeah. they they really don't live really past a year of age and and they can actually have some problems with their body weight becoming so big for themselves so that 
I don't know if we're dealing with something like that. As far as diet in general, um, housing recommendations I can tell you for turkeys is that um, you know we definitely want to go with more of like a turkey feed. So if you've gone to one of the feed stores and gotten that, that would be what I would say most of these places um, in a production facility, they're not with a big bird like that likely going to be tube feeding a large bird. He should be eating something um, more on a, a, a regular feed scale. Um, okay. You can also try adding in fresh vegetables, fruits, make sure he's got some grasses um, to oh, kind okay. of forage. Um, so, um, and, and the other thing would be to make sure he's got lots of room because these guys, obviously, they're pretty big, even though they don't fly. Um, uh-huh. You know, he needs he needs to have lots of room. And then the right. other thing would be um, where you're housing him. Some because a lot of these uh, poultry can actually have fear of predators. Sometimes they will not thrive if they feel like. They're vulnerable, so we mm-hmm. can give them visual things to hide around. So sometimes we'll put a perimeter oh, okay. fence, okay. like a three three foot kind of guard around the fencing, just so he kind of oh, hides. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the bushes, shrubs. Um, now, now, who's visited him? <laughs> the wild turkeys. Yeah, the wild turkeys have oh. already come in to pay him a visit. Have you named him? Uh, the wild turkeys? No. No, have you named your turkey? Yeah, his name's She's Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Grape. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot to be thankful for, doesn't he? Yes, he does. I mean, he survived the fall off the truck. He survived me getting him in my car. I mean, you know, I hate to see him just, you know, waste away and die, but uh, everybody's telling him just keep him to Thanksgiving and doing that. I can't do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I think he's pretty lucky you two found each other for a reason. It looks like you now have a pet turkey. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out how to get him to eat and everything. He's just now started walking, so I, it, it appears that he's never walked before. Um, you know, because he's really not injured. So oh. it just mm-hmm. appears that he's never walked. So I guess he's, like I said, the way they, they breed him in captivity, he probably yeah. didn't and have any room to walk. Yeah, and they do just, they get so big that they actually physically can't support their own weight. So, yeah, that can Correct. be uh, kind of the dark side to the whole turkey industry yeah. there, huh? Well, I appreciate your time and your suggestions. Thank you so All much. All right. Thank you for your well, call today. Well, good luck. Okay, okay bye-bye. Let's uh, that up on the board there. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Debbie did the iguana. She did the, uh, what was it last week? There was the African greys, the dogs, the cats. Oh, we've the, had uh, skunks. Durable skunks. The trouts. Trout. <laughs> we all love our animals, huh? one 866 405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 866 You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-789. Gold Bond presents Shaquille O'Neal. So I'm hanging out with my Gold Bond buddies, and they're like, Shaq, Shaq, great job with the Gold Bond powder spray. People love it. So I'm soaking in the good vibes, kicking off my shoes. Next thing I know, they're coming out with a new foot powder spray. Boom. Shaq strikes again. Gold Bond No Mess Powder Spray cools and refreshes your body, and new Gold Bond Foot Powder Spray has two times the odor-absorbing powders to do the same to your feet. Stay cool with Gold Bond. Get something started. 
That's the sound of Kubota's new Grand L60 Series compact tractor. With all new common rail, tier 4 final Kubota diesel engines that don't sacrifice power and torque. Plus, more versatile deluxe features than you ever thought you could find in a compact tractor. Let's start at the front, where in addition to that powerful Kubota engine, you'll find Kubota's redesigned Grand L60 cab with panoramic views, increased legroom, deluxe air conditioning, ergonomic controls, and a swivel suspension seat. In the rear, the Grand L60 features live independent PTO and impressive three-point lift capacity with telescoping lower link ends for quick, simple implement hookups. Starting to see where this tractor gets its grand name? Wait until you see how affordable it can be, too, with low-rate long-term financing available now. Kubota Grand L60 Series Compact Tractors, built for the best things in life. Visit Kubota.com to find your local Kubota dealer. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Now, we were just yeah, talking about uh, Justin Silver, who's going to be on with us in just a second here. And I believe it was last year he was on trying to promote uh, the, the show Dogs in the City, which was... Yeah, that's that's uh, fun. I really enjoyed it. I watched an uh, episode this past weekend. What, what do you mean you watched it this last weekend? It's Is it still on? It's it still on, be. is it? It must be. Uh, there was a great episode with a bulldog and an owner who doted on her bulldog and she had a new baby. It was just, it was very, uh, very cool to see somebody else in the animal world to kind of deal with the psychology, dealing with the people and their pets. I wonder if that's a rerun. We'll have to ask him. He's also with... I think so. Yeah, Dave Donenfeld, who uh, helped him write a book called The Language of Dogs. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Very good. So is your show still on or is it a rerun? We're they are they are re-airing my show Friday nights at eight Eastern Standard Time on um, on TVGN, the TV Guide Network, currently right now. So it's kind of nice. We're getting we're getting some some new fans and uh, and, and apparently people on the, your, your show are watching it again. So thank yeah. you so much. Well, that's very cool. I'm glad to hear that. I didn't know a second life for the show. So is the book for people that have troubles with their dogs, or is it something that you get when you have a pup and and you sort of train him that way? What what kind of book is that? I'm actually, you know, Dave is my business partner, best friend. Hey, Dave. Of, uh, Dave. Uh, of 17 years and a prolific writer. Um, and when we well. when we got when when. <laughs> And when we got the opportunity to write this book and, you know, they, they, they can give you ghostwriters and things like that, I said, I don't think it's necessary. He's so good at sort of interpreting a lot of the stuff that I do with the animals and also working on the psychology and with people that I'm going to let him answer this question for you. That's good. You know, I don't believe in ghost writers. Just like as in radio, you don't have ghost hosts. So <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's all out on the line. You could be in the other room right now, and this could be your ghost host. It could I be. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Justin and I have been doing this a long time. So when we go on sessions, invariably we encounter the same problems. And, and in the book, the first thing we really wanted to go out and do was debunk the idea in some way that dogs are limited. If you think about them, just if you start back from an evolutionary standpoint, these guys have managed to make a living off of humans while doing very little, right? They are entirely dependent upon us, and, you know, they get pet and fed for, you know, being cute, essentially. So they're pretty bright, and they're actually a lot more adept at picking up cues. They've outperformed primates in terms of picking up cues from our eyes. So the first thing we kind of wanted to do was say, hey, 
can you listen with your eyes and look at your dog with a pair of fresh eyes? So it really doesn't matter if you're dealing with a puppy or a seven-year-old dog that seems set in its ways. They are all capable of learning and essentially learning the same way. So we just kind of decided to flip the script because I felt, you know, and Justin totally agrees because we encounter this in every session we go on, is that trainers tend to be trainer-centric. They're like, let me bring in my set of tools and what I do in order to teach dogs. Mm -hmm. And owners know their dogs better than anybody. They know their cues. They know their quirks and foibles. And they're able to pick up a lot more than they realize. So we kind of go at it and say, listen, can we teach the owner how to teach their dog? So that's kind of our approach. You're sort of the Rosetta Stone of dog language. Is, is what you do, is you're teaching the languages. Uh, that's copyrighted, by the way. I can't use that. Uh, but, it, you know, you're bringing, there's like a language gap, and you're bringing it right. together so you're speaking the same language. Yes. We, we bridge the divide. That's Yeah, that's exactly what we're out to do. And there's no better interpreter between these aliens and us Earthlings than, than Justin. I mean, he's just <laughs> kind of knack for it. Thank you, David. I don't know if we wanted to deal with one of the questions we just got here. You talked about how the dogs really are intently watching our owners or the guardians for their every cue and every move. And we just had someone call in who was grieving over a lost pet. Mm -hmm. And they were upset. They were calling in because their dog was grieving over the lost pet, too. Right. What do they really know? What do they really know from these cues? Because it seems like they know uh, Judy wants to take them for a walk 10 minutes before she wants to take them for a walk. The reason they know... What I always tell people, I was like, you know, if you if you simplify things and you look at your life, there's so many things that we're doing in the course of a day. In fact, when you, most people are distracted by 50,000 things, whether it's the TV, the Internet, their cell phones, and when they're getting ready to leave the house, there's probably a set routine of things that they do that the dog just sort of picks up on. They're like, oh, when she does this or this thing, that means 10 minutes from now, we're going to end up going on a walk. So they're trying to sort of just pick out whether it's the cue words or the cue actions from our behaviors at all times, and certain things tip them off. Yeah, and, and secondarily, and again, just to be the advocate for how kind of special these animals are, dogs can actually smell biochemical changes in our body, so they know that when there's a shift in mood taking place, so they oh. likely know it ahead of you. So you can't fake it. <laughs> no, you cannot fake it. You oh. cannot fake it. What about the people say, you know, I left and my dog tore up the couch. I know he's just being bad. He's he's taking it out. He's he's reacting because he's mad. No. I don't think that. I don't think I don't think dogs get spiteful. I think what I think, happens I think cats do. Cats get very spiteful. <laughs> and I know a spiteful goldfish. I just um, I don't think dogs I don't think dogs get spiteful. I don't I don't think they're ever doing I don't think they're ever purposely doing something that they think is wrong or trying to piss us off. I don't think they do that. I think what they're doing is uh, they're just reacting, and a lot of times um, the way their expressions of anxiety, frustration, irritability, confusion will get expressed may not always be in ways that are, you know, conducive to our, you know, $4,000 silk couch and pillows. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. What about... What about my dog that when I put down treats, I give my dog a treat, and then I give the cat a treat. Well, the cat's a little bit slower, and the dog wants to steal the treat, and she'll kind of look at me at the side out of her eye, like if I'm watching, and if I'm not watching, she's going to run over there and take that treat from the cat. Yeah, awesome. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> well, you, if you put if you put a thousand dollars down on the table and then you had a thousand and then another thousand dollars and I'm a little faster than the other guy, I'm gonna try to grab it when you're not looking. What's the question? 
Well, you but said she that, knows it's wrong. Well, yeah, that they that they're not capable of immoral thoughts or, or revenge. Let us say, but I don't I don't buy that really because they know that they get a reaction if they do something, and isn't that what revenge is? You're trying to get a reaction from your your opponent or the person who you're trying to be revengeful to is to give a reaction, and they they get the reaction. Well, that's like my dogs. My dog, I, I, my one terrier. Um, every now and then, when he when he gets a little slow, I'm going to say spiteful, but maybe I'm wrong, and he'll. Um, um, right in front of me, lift his leg, peed, and tear ass. Um, you know, yeah. right, right, right up the stairs, so I can't get him. <laughs> if I, I love that guy. You got to give him a little credit for that. I, I, meant, I, I think I meant. I think I meant more specifically when you leave the house and they're if, if they're a little frustrated in the stairs that they're tearing up the house. I don't think they're trying to. I don't think in that gotcha. case they're they're necessarily trying to get a reaction as much as they're they're frustrated and confused and they're and it's sort of an expression of their discomfort. In that specific scenario, and you know what? And here's the other thing, and I think Dave will Dave will echo this. Every animal is different. Every animal, even those dogs, typically learn the same way. But the little sort of personalities are all individuals. So you know, I, I never try to say always. You know, I never try to say dogs are always like this or always like that. So there is, a, even when I do say always, there is a little bit. There's gray area there. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, on paper, dogs are not capable of that sort of cognition. However. You know, there have been too many times dogs have done stuff like that where I'm like, I'm sorry, this dog was motivated or seeking revenge. And, uh, you're, you're not going to talk me out of it. <laughs> well, if the cats can do it, I'm sure the dogs could be capable of it. Uh, yeah. You're a very funny what, what, guy. What, what was the question of the, uh, what was the question, what was that person's question about their grieving dog? Did they have a specific question that I can help with? Yeah, how to, how to get their dog to stop grieving over the loss of another dog. Well, it was actually a cat, but I, I've changed it for this purpose. Yes. Uh, well, not anymore. You didn't. Yeah. He's back now. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, you know, in my experience, um, there's nothing wrong with them grieving. Um, there's nothing wrong with them sensing that there's a transition. And there's also nothing wrong with setting a time that you think is okay to move on. And so I think that what you need to monitor is when your own feelings of sorrow are being projected onto the dog and you're feeling so bad for him and oh no he's still so sad because fluffy died and all this that's when you start creating a little bit of a pathology i think and mm -hmm. i think that it's reasonable to allow the dog to have some time to grieve and to recognize that there's a change but then you know in the animal kingdom i always think that the and dave says this that the rebound relationship is something that i advocate because i think that there are too many animals dying in shelters and that people who love animals, their gift to the world is to go rescue another one. You know, when people say, oh, you know, I, I'll never get another dog, it's sort of like, well, you know, life is a cycle of dogs. So, um, I you know, on, a, on a real, hey, Jay, you know what I was going to add? On a real practical level, you know, once this, once his playmate's gone, there's a big void in his life, and now the dog does not know what to do. So, again, right. you know, Jay will speak to that point about providing structure and knowing what to do in a given scenario. Yeah, correct. So I think that, you know, if the dog feels normal when there's another dog or another friend there and that's become, that's become the, that's become their, their, their normal state, their homeostasis, if you will, um, that the best thing to do is say, all right, you know what? We've had a little grieving period and it's not like we're trying to replace the old dog, but now it's time to get another one and, and return to homeostasis where we're the multiple cat and dog home here. And I think that that's a healthy thing. Because I think that's very important. It's not. As, as I was going to say, as an owner, you know, this dog was playing with this other dog God knows how many hours a day, so you have to be able to kind of say, all right, this is what you need to be doing now. You know, if there's no alternative activity, the dog's going to sit there and grieve as long as there's nothing to do. Yeah. Well, I think uh, her problem, and Dr. Debbie, I think you'll agree, was uh, that she was down, the animal was 
down because she was down, and maybe she was even reading some making of it, it worse, into it. Yeah, yeah making it worse. Mm-hmm. Well, the book looks great. I'm going to pop it open today and check it out. Sorry, I didn't do that before the interview, but I just got it in, in today, and I'm going to also give out nine copies right now to lucky listeners. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five toll free right now. It's called The Language of Dogs by Justin Silver and the very funny Dave Donenfeld who I'm just learning today is a pretty good expert, kind of funny guy. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the combination of uh, reading that I'll be doing from their book, The Language of Dogs. If you're not lucky enough to get through today, head on over to your bookstore, Amazon.com, and order that puppy up right now. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you so Thank much. You. And, uh, and, and you know what? If you actually, if you don't mind, you can go on our website, thelanguageofdogs.com, and whether it's Amazon or all the different uh, providers are on there. So you'll be able to get a copy of that no matter what. Thelanguageofdogs.com. We'll put a link over at animalradio.com. Hold on a second there, will you? We're going to head back to the phones, one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. Geico presents Fan Mail to a Pig. Dear Maxwell, first off, I really enjoy your commercials about Geico's app. I watch them over and over and over. They make me both laugh and very hungry. Weird. Anyway, I just want to let you know how Geico's new claim status updates on the app really blow me away. Getting those updates makes me think of you. I'd like to thank you in person. Just send me your address. All the best, Big Bad W. Sure thing, Big Bad W. I got a pen. It's 802 Not Gonna Happen Lane. Claim status updates just to tap away on the Geico app. The results described should not be considered as guarantees of your actual earnings or profits. Results not typical. Check terms and conditions for income disclosures. How would you like to work from home, be your own boss, and make great money working online on your own time? These people saw the opportunity and took it. Working online changed my life. I was able to get out of my high-pressure corporate job. It all started with HomeIncomeOnline.com. I love that I'm able to spend more time with my kids while making over $10,000 per month. Go to HomeIncomeOnline.com today and enter special code 4242 to learn about a multi-billion dollar industry that's just waiting for you to tap into its incredible earning potential. Full and part-time opportunities are currently available. I just graduated college, and I'm making more money than I ever imagined. Are you ready to start making real money working online from home? Just go to HomeIncomeOnline.com now and enter special code 4242 to get your risk-free information kit. That's www.HomeIncomeOnline.com, special code 4242. The Lumber Liquidators Fall Flooring Kickoff Sale is on with over 250 of the latest styles all on sale now. Get black forest oak laminate for a crazy 39 cents a square foot. Beautiful and durable bamboo for just $159. Classic pre-finished gunstock oak hardwood for $149. All gorgeous Bellawood pre-finished hardwood is on sale. Plus get special 24-month financing. Go to LumberLiquidators.com today to find the store nearest you. Hurry, this sale ends Tuesday the 2nd. The fall flooring season is here. Why aren't you? This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Animals keep on getting the benefits of this high-tech world we live in. The latest is an interactive game system to keep pets entertained while you're away. It's called Clever Pet. You put your dog's food in the Clever Pet, and over the course of the day, the dog gets the food in return for solving simple puzzles designed just for them. 
The console has three sensitive touchpads that light up interactively, and they're designed for your dog's nose or paw. And you can keep track of your pet's progress through the Clever Pet app. Of course, there's an app for that. The first Clever Pet consoles are expected to ship in the spring. And before creating Clever Pet, co-founder Leo Trottier created a cat feeder where the cats have to flick a chopstick to earn food. So they got some crazy ideas going on over there. With all the pet food recalls, some folks are now turning to feeding their pets raw food. Now the FDA, though, is out with a warning on that. Raw food increases the risk of food poisoning both for you and your pet. That's because raw meat, bones, and organs that haven't been cooked are more likely to contain salmonella, listeria, or other harmful bacteria. The FDA is warning to keep the pet food frozen until you're ready to feed it to your pet, thaw, serve, and store it in containers you don't use for your food, and take extra care when cleaning up after your pet as they may shed that bacteria when they go to the bathroom. Well, when you love your pet, you love your pet. That's it. No matter what kind of breed or species he or she is. And that explains the actions of a woman in Salem, Oregon. Sherry Dolezal runs a bearded dragon rescue. She came home the other day to see one of her lizards named Del Sol floating unconscious in the pool. She got him out, started pounding on the back of the lizard, doing chest compressions. She finally started CPR and he started breathing again. Del Sol and Sherry are now doing just fine. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. This next song goes out to someone real special, web developers. You've developed a worldwide web of convenience and Geico.com is eternally grateful. Now everyone can pay bills, manage policies, maybe save big money on car insurance, all from the comfort of their desk chairs, recliners, and water beds. You're magicians with wands made of binary code. And that's why we're sending this next song out to you. For a free rate quote, visit Geico.com. You know what ruins a family camping trip? (coughs) Staying zipped in the tent because of ragweed pollen, the number one cause of fall allergies. Allegra gets you back in the fun by relieving your worst indoor and outdoor symptoms, even at eight times high pollen levels. Allegra's non-drowsy relief starts in one hour and stays strong for 24. Camping is for bonding, not sneezing. So get Allegra, stop suffering, and start living. Use only as directed in controlled environment studies using pollen deemed high by the National Allergy Bureau. Visit Allegra.com. Really? No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams. Here to get craft beer drinkers' reaction as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. You think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! Like, <laughs> I was going to say Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this test did is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass, it was Boston Hi, this is Iron Chef Cat Cora on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. Tammy was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. It was in the news about Celestis Pets. It's a company out of uh, 
I'm not sure. We'll find out in just a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably one of those Venus? southern states because they launch your pet's cremains up into space. What a great way to memorialize them. And this was so interesting that I had to get this guy on the phone. This is Stephen Isley. He's the head of the Celestis Pets Division. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to be with you. Well, now tell us a little bit about your company. Obviously, you didn't start for the pets. You probably were setting up satellites and all kinds of technology, I, I would imagine. It's, am I wrong? No, correct. Uh, we're actually Houston-based, um, so you're right about the southern state point. And uh, we, we are. We're a, uh, an aerospace company that uh, we've launched uh, satellites in the past, or we've contributed to other NASA and, and NOAA projects. And uh, we, we've also, for the last 15 years, had what we call a memorial spaceflight service, and it's been for humans. And it's been the opportunity to uh, send loved ones on a... Uh, uh, final memorial trip to outer space, um, and we had so many inquiries from our past customers as well as uh, folks from around the world that said, hey, what about our pet? Can we honor our pet in the same way? And that's why uh, we decided to launch Celestis Pets. i got to say, I think it's really cool, personally. There's a lot of strange looks in the studio right now, but I really think it's very, very cool. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I just don't understand. I mean, do they stay in space forever yeah well there are a lot of different options and, and you know we like to say that i mean what's so cool about this is it's it's kind of like lighting the largest candle in honor of a loved one or a pet <laughs> and it's unforgettable because you go to the launch uh, you can watch uh, the launches that the your your pet uh, f- friend is uh, is flying and um and in certain instances like in our orbital flights or deep space flights you can actually track it so you'll be able to know where your pet is at all times so it's wow. kind of cool like anywhere in the world you are uh, you can kind of be with your pet and, you know, look up to the stars and really kind of reflect and remember those uh, memories you have. And that's why people really love it. Um, but we do actually offer uh, four basic services. The first one is a trip to space and back. So you get the, the remains of the keepsake uh, that can, you can keep with yourself. Um, and then we offer an Earth orbit trip, which means it orbits the Earth uh, sometimes for years, all the way to thousands of years, potentially, wow. depending on how, how far. So that's kind of a forever trip. Um, and then we have a uh, trip to the moon, so you can your pet can howl from the moon. And we do a uh, Voyager service, which is our deep space Holy trip, and that uh, can go anywhere. That is totally amazing. I guess this runs anywhere from a thousand to five thousand dollars. Yeah, and 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 more for the uh, the lunar trip and the deep sure. space mission. Um, but we're you know, and what what else is really cool is that all of our uh, cremains, whether they're human or pet, they're integrated with an existing spacecraft. So it actually is kind of like they're part of the spacecraft. They don't they're not scattered in, in space. They don't form any other orbital debris. And in some cases, they actually kind of form like uh, either like a radiation shielding. They're all put in their own little capsules or as ballast. So in a neat way, you're actually contributing to the exploration of outer space, and you're contributing to funding of existing spacecrafts and science experiments and experiments that students put up in the space. So it's a really great way to you know give back as well as memorialize. Well, how many do you do at one time? How many go up in one rocket? Well, it totally depends. I mean, and so we've, we've obviously never done a, a pet launch before because that um, that our, our first pet, incidentally, his name is Apollo, and it is a <laughs> Australian Shepherd dog. So it's very fitting that yeah. that was our first sign up. Uh, we love that. Um, but you know, we sent as many as three hundred individuals up. Um, now, the, the, now the way it works is that it is, I guess, you could call it symbolic remains. So it's not the whole. 
uh, it's not one's whole ashes. It's uh, between one and seven grams that are put in these uh, oh. uh, uh-huh. tubes that look kind of like lipstick tubes. Um, and then they're carefully individually placed uh, within the spacecraft, either integrated in the satellite or on the rocket. You have four different services. And uh, so one of them, the uh, it, it goes up into orbit and comes back down and then, I guess, burns up upon reentry, which is kind of cool, well, right? Well, the one the one that returns is actually uh, it's near it's near space, so it gets into space, but it doesn't quite enter an orbit, and it reenters. So um, you actually get that fully whole uh, the capsule, so okay. it doesn't re- burn up. And- there is an Earth orbit option that will eventually burn up in the atmosphere, like after a couple months or years, and that is kind of like a shooting star tribute, if you will. It's pretty neat too. Well, now I know there's big concerns about space debris, right? And uh, does this create more debris? In space? No, because they're all integrated with existing spacecraft. So, again, oh. we're very cognizant of not, it just doesn't get uh, scattered about. Uh, the the Celeste's cargo, we call it our, our precious cargo, uh, it stays contained. So all the, the, the families or the pets, in, in this case, would uh, stay together, and they stay with the rocket. So it either, it either returns with the rocket or um, it goes with the spacecraft. And in the case of our deep space missions, it may travel actually with the spacecraft or with the the, the upper stage of a rocket, in which case that uh, is is essentially flying uh, into deep, deep space and does not contribute to any additional orbital debris. We are with Stephen Isley. He is the head of the Celestis Pets Division, and they send up uh, cremains, about a gram to seven grams of your pet's cremains, uh, into space for one of four, I believe, four different kind of trips. One is actually uh, to the moon. And uh, that happens in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. The Earthrise mission is scheduled for the fall of 2014, so that's coming up uh, here pretty soon. The Earth Orbit mission in the fourth quarter of 2014, and the Voyager service to deep space. Now, that's, this is interesting. Uh, 2016, where is that going? Well, we actually have a number of options uh uh, we'll be run, we'll be rolling out some new Voyager missions uh, coming up in 2015. In fact, uh, some will leave. Uh, the, our definition of deep space mission is it has to leave the Earth uh, Moon system. So, in one case, one of them is actually heading towards the Sun, and in another case, uh, we have others that will be going, you know, past uh, other planets. In fact, wow. so uh, stay tuned for that. What's the reaction been like thus far? How are people reacting to this? Well, we've had a lot of I, we've had a lot of positive feedback. I, you know, it's funny. Everyone's concern is the orbital debris issue, which uh, in, in our case is is, is a non-impact. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but in general, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, it's definitely a unique and different way to do something. But I'll tell you what, all of our families that that go through this process and attend our launches, uh, I mean, they're just so overwhelmed with emotion. And I think it's one of the few memorials. So remember, this is past funeral, past wake, all that. It's it's one of the few memorials where people are high-fiving and cheering because you've got this tremendous launch. And, and there's just a lot of happiness going around and, and, and being able to connect, you know, post it with your, with your, you know, with your companion, your animal companion or your human uh, by looking up to the stars just has that special effect. So, I, you know, we, we get overwhelming, great support. Uh, you know, a lot of people compare it as sort of as a new cultural norm, kind of like, you know, when the Egyptians would mummify their pets, <laughs> sure. kind of send them with their uh, uh, their family members into the afterlife. This is a little bit of uh, that thought process, I think. That's fun stuff. Can you imagine after your animal passes, knowing that he's orbiting the Earth over <laughs> and over? And to watch it, to be year. able to, to track yeah. it. Yeah. yeah.
overhead 12 times a day. Yeah, that's uh, that would be wow. very, very cool. The pet industry, $60 billion a year industry, how does each business take their piece of the pie? And I think you guys are doing something pretty cool with your yeah. piece of the pie here. The website is called Celestius Pets. It's C-E-L-E-S-T-I-S-P-E-T-S dot com. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Thanks so much, Stephen, for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, again, we love to honor our pets as much as our family members, and that's why we're proud to be doing this. i got to ask you, Dr. Debbie, would you do this? I don't know that I would, but I'm not a real big space fan. I can oh. see if you're a space fan, that would be really kind of a, a cool thing, you know. I mean, I don't know. I think for, for my pets, I terra firma is a little bit more <laughs> appropriate, you know. <laughs> I'm more into the earth, hiking, camping, boating. I, you know, I think... Uh, meaningful water um, memorial would be appropriate. Okay, what about you, Joey? Do you think this is cool? Space, the final frontier. Um, I think, personally, it would be like taking my $5,000 and putting it in that space capsule and sending it up. Um, you know, I just it doesn't do nothing for me. It doesn't? To be very honest. Am I the only one sold no. on this? I would do it. Would you do it? I would do it, definitely. I, I think that would be a yeah. great way to, to memorialize. And to think it, you know, like you said, they pass, what, how many times a day ahead? Full time. 12 times a day, and you can kind of track you know, it. I think that's awesome. Honestly, I like looking at that little headstone out in the backyard and saying, oh, look at Fluffy, remember Fluffy. Well, you know what my, he my, said? My it, loving dog. You can do both, Joey. Know. He you, said you don't use the full remains. So you can still have the remains and bury them, but you only use a small percent that will actually yeah, go up in Yeah, seven grams at the most. Right. There. Okay, we're going to head back to the phones. I'd like to know what you think about this. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Right now. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the fine folks over at Stella and Chewy's. Check out the brand new intro pack. It's really not new anymore. should probably update this. It's probably about six months old now. It's the intro pack. It includes the Chewy's chicken, the Sipley venison, the Stella super beef, the duck duck goose, and the phenomenal pheasant. As you all know, Phenomenal Pheasant, my favorite flavor, also Ladybug's favorite flavor. And you can find out what flavor is your dog's favorite flavor by trying out one of these 8.5-ounce small intro packs, which includes six small patties inside, wherever Stella and Chewy's is sold. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog father, Joey Galani. This is my quarterly tip, okay? And and these these quarterly tips to me are extremely important because I always say that people should have their pets professionally groomed no less than every eight weeks. Um, and um, if you're one of those people and you do push it, it's important that the, the quarters, the changes of the seasons, is is when is when we really start worrying about what we need to do here. And the two most important ones are spring into summer summer into autumn why is that the reason why i say that is this especially this one going from summer into autumn if your dog is knotted and it needs to be clipped down now is the time to do it don't wait until it gets bitter cold out you know have let that pet have some sort of protective coat on it so when it goes out into the elements even when you're just walking to the dog it has a little bit of protection i mean that's what the coat is for and a lot of people just don't realize it you know i mean they'll get their 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 pets clipped down 
right before right before winter, and then the pet goes outside, and you know honestly that's all it's insulation and protection there. And I'm not saying you know for dogs that stay outside. I'm talking about even for that that quick walk. Um, you know that 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 coat that you put on your pet that's it's some sort of protection, but it's not as good as the natural coat. The other thing is is for dogs that that shed um, that need to get all that loose hair out. Getting that out, what's going to happen is, is you're going to get wonderful coat growth. Okay, so you're going to get that good um, undercoat growth and that good top coat, and that helps it. So that's going to that's going to help the protection as well. When you leave that in there, it doesn't grow properly. Don't forget, I mean. Dogs were working were working dogs years ago, and just by running through the brush and all, that all came out automatically. But now because most of them are couch potatoes, we have to help the process. So by brushing, combing, getting, getting all that out is only going to help the coat grow so you have some good protection for the elements moving forward. And if we do it now before um, the winter comes, what ends up happening is is by the time winter gets here, at least we're going to have something. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to ignore it the rest of the year, but these are the most important times. Get it ready. Get your pet. Um, you know, it's like your car. We go, we put it into the shop, and we get it winterized. Well, your pet needs to be winterized. So send it to your groomer and say, you know what? Do what you have to do. Get my pet ready for, for winter, because if it was anything like last winter, we could have a hard winter ahead. No, no, no. Don't say that. Winter can't be almost here. They, you know, they say it's going to be know, an early it, winter, it, too. I, I, I'll tell you, it, it seems to go quicker and quicker. But, um, I mean, it's not almost here, but we, we, you got to start preparing for it. And if you start on a fresh, clean note with your pets and they have nice protection going into it, then, you know, you'll have a happy pet. There you go. Joey Volani with the W word on Animal Radio. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A drunk man in China was bitten by a panda after jumping into its enclosure at the Beijing Zoo. He then retaliated by biting the panda back. Zhang Zinyan was eating and drinking at a nearby restaurant when he got the idea to go to the zoo and visit the pandas. He got the sudden urge to touch the pandas, so he jumped in, startling Juju, a panda who had been sleeping. Juju then bit one of Zinyan's legs. Zinyan got angry and started kicking, so Juju bit the other leg. Zinyan then bit Juju, the panda. A zookeeper was able to break up the fight by spraying them with water. Juju was fine, but Zinyan ended up in the hospital getting some stitches for his leg injuries. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Yeah, I think Pepsi One is making too sweet for my uh, palate anymore. That's all junk. I'm amazed mm. that you are drinking that. I, I'm surprised you're not fat. Only fat people drink well, how come, Pepsi how like How come me? she like eats this crap food, drinks this crap stuff, lives life, burns candles in both hands? She looks like she does. She looks stunning. Ugh. Yes. Well, I do like at least one diet soda a day, and today I'm on two, so just don't tell anybody, Ooh. especially my husband. Yes. <laughs> Are those real teeth? Here, let me see your teeth there. Yeah, they Mine? Are. Yeah. They're fine. I'm not eating the enamel off of them. I brush and... Okay. Giving the doctor a hard time. That's right. I'm sorry. Everyone's got to have some kind of like hang up and some addiction, right? 
Well, it's always the people that, you know, whatever their expertise is, they're usually, they fail in that area. Like the, what is it, the carpenter's shelves? Yeah. Always. Like, have you seen my dogs? Yeah. <laughs> Do your dogs need a good grooming, <laughs> Joey? They, they, oh, let me tell you, it's, it's sad, but they do. My dogs always need a good groomer. Matter of fact, two of them have never, ever had a haircut. Now, they're not knotted or anything. I mean, they're in good, they were, they were brushed out and all, but I have never given them a haircut because I don't want to be, I don't want to deal with them. So they're just like scruffy, overgrown terriers. Yep, yep. And that's like Judy. She's, uh, her dog is the one that's yappy and barks at the other dogs and is unsocialized. But yet she's out teaching and, and pet sitting and, and answering questions all over. Well, I don't practice what I preach. No, of course not. We were just saying that none of us really practice what we preach. Whatever. Um, and I don't brush my dog's teeth every day, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, at least you brush yours. And that's that's good enough. And I, I don't brush my dog's teeth every day or cat's teeth either. And I know... It's good, though. You should. But I don't. Right. I, I, I couldn't imagine doing that. No. Yeah. Hi, Lily. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Where are I you? have a Okay. I'm in I'm in Maryland, LA, Maryland. Well, welcome. How can we help you? Well, we have a um a year and a half old Shih Tzu, and he is loving and everything. We we take him, we let him outside the house. Um, we have a little rope that he goes outside the house, and we walk him in the evenings. And um, I'll take him in the mornings for a quick five minute walk, and he does his business like. And hundred mailboxes, and then he comes inside and still does his business. Ah, and yikes! <laughs> around my, especially around my table, like my, you know, if you if you go around the table, mm. what's up with that? Is it is it a birch table or a maple? Does he like certain <laughs> woods or trees? Oh golly! I'm oh, sorry, I shouldn't is, be making fun. It is fun. a maple table. It is a maple <laughs> is table. A, all right. Now, did you mention Lily? If your uh, if your little guy is neutered, he's not. Okay, well, that's where we're going to start, because that table leg does look like very much like a tree to him, and doesn't matter to him if it's inside or outside. It's all his territory, and that's basically what he's saying as he's urinating. Dogs urinate to go to the bathroom, but they also do it to communicate, and it's basically a way that he can help tell other critters, human, dog, otherwise, that that's his territory. So just be known, this is my this is my turf. <laughs> So um, it is very challenging to correct this type of problem if we don't first address the underlying issue, and that is getting this fella neutered. Um, male hormones of an intact dog are going to cause this behavior. So if we get him neutered and this is still going on, then we're going to go through some behavioral training, some modifications. But some of the core of that is cleaning up the areas uh, with a good enzyme-based cleaner that can help to destroy some of that scent at its core. Um, and then we're going to really go back to the basics of house training and making him go potty outside and then keeping him supervised almost as a puppy when he's indoors. But before we go there, you really got to go ahead and see about getting this guy taken care of. Call your favorite local veterinarian and get the sniffing done. <laughs> it's so much more than population control. It's, it can uh, You can avert a lot of different sicknesses, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what? You know, even though you're having this problem now, Lily, I have a lot of people that tell me that their dog is five years old and they've never had a problem and there is really a lag time for some of these behaviors so we know if we neuter dogs before they develop sexual mature signs basically by six months of age then we can avoid most of these behaviors completely the problem is when we don't take advantage of that before they're sexually mature 
then it gives them the opportunity for these behaviors to develop. And it's a lot harder to stop that. So for anyone out there who says, oh, my dog's not neutered and he's doing just fine, just wait. This can happen. And it can very easily happen down the road after they've been good for years and years and years. Hmm. Snip, snip, snip. And we absolutely adore him. And he's so loving. But yet he, and he knows he's done something wrong because he's going to go... Um, you know, he has this look on his face. <laughs> I know that look. All right, now I'm going to stop you there, too, because that's not true. He does not know. He does not know he's doing something wrong. He's doing something, and you're reacting to it negatively, and that he understands that. But he does not understand the concept that urinating in the house is a bad thing. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. It has its benefits for him, and he understands that. And he knows that sometimes you, he does this, and then you yell at him, but he does not understand that association. Very common problem that we like to kind of put human emotions to when dogs misbehave, and it's just not true. Thanks for your call today, Lily. one 405 8405 I know when one of the cats around here vomits, they'll come and look at me. And I think they're, like, apologetic, <laughs> but apparently those are my feelings I'm putting on the cat there. Yeah, they just want you to clean it up because they're bothered by the smell or the look of it. <laughs> wow, another jam-packed show, Judy. Thank you so much for doing that. I want to thank Leo Grillo, our hero of the week, as well as Stephen Isley from Celestis Pets. I think that's so cool. I want to shoot my animal. <laughs> I'm not even going to wait till they die. I'm just going to shoot them up into space right now. Was, oh, you can't do no, that. I can't no. do that? No. Okay. Justin Silver and his very funny compadre, 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 Dave Donenfeld. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had a lot of fun. Remember, you could download the Animal Radio app for your iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. It's a free download, and you can ask questions directly from the app. Uh, we'll see you next week. Here, did I get it all? I think you did. Have a great week. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone. This is Animal Radio Network.